Hello everyone, welcome to Ask a Therapist. This is Nikita and Zam, and we are two psychotherapists here to answer your questions about love, life, and health. You know, in our private practice, Nikita and I see couples, individuals, and families. However, we're so passionate about this particular podcast because we're trying to reach a greater number of people at the same time. We want to demystify therapy. We want to open the door to therapy for you and introduce you to our tools and techniques that you can actually apply in your real life. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Ask a Therapist. We are definitely... Uh, back from our two-month hiatus and uh, we're here with um, as expected and as maybe some of you predicted with an episode on the COVID pandemic. So today we're going to be talking about the pandemic effects on the individual um, and we'll share some of our stories on how we've been doing the last couple months uh, and how we've been managing through this really unique situation that we're in right now. And just so everyone knows, um, Nikita and I have had to do some finessing. So we're not actually um, sitting next to each other in our counseling room as we usually are recording this podcast. Um, But we wanted to show you guys that things can sort of go back to normal and can continue with some amendments and some finessing to get the result that you want and we're really really excited for the series that is going to come out for the next couple of weeks and we're calling this how are you doing really (laughs) i like that and as Dikita mentioned this particular episode is going to focus on how are you doing really as an individual during this pandemic it feels so odd to be doing this over zoom I really miss our office and you know I think Zam and I haven't been there what in two months now yeah Yeah. we started doing all of our appointments virtually starting mid-March I would want to say and now we're in early May Um, so it definitely feels like a really odd time Um, and I know some of you were really expecting to hear from us sooner but thank you for bearing with us as we were trying to maneuver life's our personal lives challenges and the professional life's challenges and and learning a new way to work together and still bring you a quality podcast while being distanced absolutely and i and i echo that nikita about missing the office and i miss our clients Mm -hmm. so much i miss seeing everyone you know face to face getting to to sort of enter um your journeys with you, you know, while sitting opposite you. But I also have to say how impressed I am not only with technology, but with the adaptability of our clients, switching to video counseling or telephonic counseling and still being able to share and connect emotionally. It's been, it's, it's been a pretty cool time to be a therapist, I have to say. It definitely has been. I know you were speaking about that a few days ago, Zam, that we as therapists hold a certain level of empathy and compassion for our clients, even if we have not gone through the same sort of life circumstances. But this time, really, every single person in the world is in the same boat. So we are currently actively experiencing what our clients are experiencing. And you're right, it definitely puts us in a unique situation um, because you are coping yourself and now supporting someone else through their coping it's been an interesting time 
Exactly. And something that I'm coping with um, this morning, Nikita, is I have to say my body is aching. Um, it's been pretty cold here in Toronto um, for our listeners, you know, reminding you that we're in Toronto and we haven't been able to sort of jump that um, winter hump just yet. I believe it was like two degrees Celsius um, yesterday. And so there's limited opportunity to go outside and take a walk just to get the body moving. So I'm feeling a little bit stiff. What about you? Stiff is now my middle name. (laughs) I completely hear you. It's been, well, we've been, uh, my partner and I have been trying to get some regular walks in and we're extremely lucky because we live um, very, very close to a beautiful uh, body of water, a really beautiful Mm. pond. So we do try to go running um, by there, but you're right. It's been so rainy and gloomy and cold. It just feels like it's seeping into my body and I no longer feel motivated to get up and go for a run behind the house. That's not going to happen this week. Exactly. And I think I have to say, Nikita, let me know if you feel the same way. When I see, when I hop on to social media and I see people doing all these Zoom workouts or doing YouTube workouts, for me, sometimes it has an opposite effect. Instead of motivating me, it actually demotivates me um, because I feel like I need to be doing the same thing, but I'm not there. It's taken more of a mental effort to sort of process what's going on and just not that type of person who's, you know, participating in, in that virtual exercise movement that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Have you been seeing those? I have been, and I'm guilty for being one of those people, um, or at least earlier on in the pandemic. I think late March, early April, I was definitely, I had jumped on that virtual workout bandwagon. And I was working out, you know, five days a week with these great, you know, Orange Theory workouts online, or you have all these fitness experts. But I think for me, that was a way of avoidance. And I wasn't really being in the present. Um, I wasn't, I was just finding things to fill my time with. So I wouldn't feel Mm. the impact of the pandemic. And now as the months and the weeks have gone on, I'm definitely not doing those virtual workouts as much anymore because, you know, I'm allowing myself to just feel good enough with being good enough right now. It doesn't, we don't have to constantly feel productive because you're right. It can definitely feel like we're not doing enough or we're not trying enough when we see everyone else doing all of these great things right now and learning new skills. It can definitely have the counter effect. It's important to, when we're stuck at home, when we're sheltering, when we're physically distancing, it's important to maintain some physical activity, right? Because we're more sedentary than ever before. I used to always complain about my um, commute to downtown Toronto, but I didn't realize mm-hmm. how much walking I was getting done, how much movement my body was was getting. And now that I'm at home and I'm, you know, working from home, um, I really noticed the need maybe not to get on those Zoom workouts, but to maintain some physical activity for my own sense of body. Definitely physical activity is still number one. You don't need to do 5k runs, like you said, but get moving and that's also what we're wondering about with this episode do let us know how you are really doing whether that's 
um, through our social media platforms. You can reach out to us via email, comment here on this podcast, whatever platform you're listening on. We really want to hear from you. It's completely like unabashed version of how you're mm-hmm. actually doing through all of this because there's no right way to do a pandemic and everyone <laughs> is doing this differently in their own unique ways. Exactly. And I think some important signs to look out for to see where you're at now that we're, you know, a couple of months into sheltering is, you know, how is your body feeling? We always encourage our clients to be present in the moment, take a step back and notice what's happening for you in your body. Are you feeling sluggish? Are you feeling low on energy? Or do you do you feel like you maybe don't have the same level of energy that you normally do even things like your hair feeling a little bit drier than normal or your skin feeling a little bit drier can be indicative that there might be a need to have some movement um, in your life or you know eating some foods that you're maybe lacking Mm -hmm. yeah and not necessarily policing your diet or Uh, your workout regimen or calorie counting, right? But just on a very, very general and basic level, just you're listening to your body a little bit more. You are not going to have the same energy levels as you did before this. As I mean, I certainly don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, and I personally, I really I find myself in such a completely different space. I don't have the same level of energy as before. I don't have the same level of motivation as before for a lot of things. I find that for me, the motivation really comes and goes. I will peak with motivation on a Wednesday and that's about it. <laughs> and, and that's okay, right? Embracing it. This is Absolutely. the new normal for now. Absolutely. And I think another thing, Nikita that I noticed for myself when this pandemic started was I felt like I bought some time right like I mentioned you know all that commuting time I got back and I was wondering what to do with it and at the beginning I have to tell you I was staying up later than I ever stay up catching up on all the Netflix shows that I've just been too busy to watch you know spending time with my partner um and just just being able to stay up a little bit later and indulge um, because I knew that I could just sort of roll out of bed and, and sleep in as well because I didn't have to spend time commuting. And I noticed that quickly was wrong for me. Yeah, I'm, you know, as you're speaking, I'm getting this feeling like we would get um, when summer would just start after school, mm-hmm. right? In the first couple of weeks, you're just like, this. you're let loose, you have all this freedom and you have time. Exactly. And then you, I don't know if you felt this way, but around like second week of August or third week of August, you would start itching to have a fresh start and go mm-hmm. back to school. And this is what exactly what that feels like. In the beginning, we felt like we're just, just running wild without any leash on us. And we had all this time and all these shows that we wanted to watch. And now it's kind of, it's getting on everyone's nerves and everyone wants to return to work and return to being outside. 
Absolutely. I felt like a little kid. I felt like I was breaking the rules by staying up late and watching TV. Um, and I realized how important maintaining a regular sleep routine was. I noticed that it had an adverse effect on my motivation and energy levels that were already a little bit low because of everything that's going on. So after like the third or fourth weekend, I realized that I still need to be sleeping at the same time that I'm sleeping. And even waking up at the same time that I'm waking up. I always wake up a little bit early so I can factor in that commute time. And so I've just been waking up at that same time um, as well and getting other things done or just reorienting myself to the day. At the same time, noticing that if I need to sleep in, that's okay. And I know this sounds a little bit vague, um, but that's sort of what we're telling you is that it's important during this movement and during this time where everything is up in the air and there's no real regular routine per se is to one notice what your body needs and give your body that mm -hmm. and two not to overshoot or even undershoot right so try to not veer too much away from your regular routines just because you have time on your hands you don't that doesn't need that doesn't mean that you need to take on more and just because you're at home that doesn't mean you need to take on less um, because that might have an adverse effect on your energy levels as well as much as you can try to keep things regular and i believe that will help as we sort of um power through this what do you think what I'm hearing from you is flexibility, mm -hmm. not having the same set routine every single day, being flexible in your capacity and your needs for the day. I know for me, particularly, I carry stress in my shoulders. I carry stress in my back. So when I find feeling extremely stiff in my shoulders and my back, I know that I'm stressed so I can do some light stretching or I'll go out and I'll stretch in the balcony, right? Mm -hmm. Just these smaller things like that do help me feel more connected. So I like when you said that, pay attention to what's happening for your body and, and give it what it needs. And sometimes we can be tempted to think that that means a full tub of Ben and Jerry's, but <laughs> not that, <laughs> if you can help it. But more of a, you know, do I need some physical activity today? Do I need a bath today? Do I need to stretch what's happening for me right now? And just taking it one day at a time. Another pattern that I've noticed that came along with this, this need for more physical activity that everyone is talking about, if we're, if we're able to switch to sort of talking about the emotions that come with a pandemic, is this idea of grief. And I thought that was really interesting, Nikita, um, because when the pandemic first started to hit, I did not necessarily look at staying at home and not being able to go out or meeting friends as a form of grief. Um, and now the more time that we spend doing this, I think that I've come to realize that grief can also look like so many different things and you can grieve about something that doesn't necessarily have to, or someone that doesn't necessarily have to be deceased. Mm -hmm. Grief is, you know, a loss of something. It's loss of an identity. It's loss of someone. It's loss of a relationship. And I think a lot of us have been grieving our freedom and our freedom mm -hmm. to step outside, our freedom and our autonomy to go wherever we want and do whatever we'd like. And I think this really makes you realize how much you take your autonomy for granted. 
it's really helped put things in perspective. And that's, that's what comes up for me, that grieving my autonomy, grieving my freedom when you say grief. Absolutely. And I think coming into this, I think I also had some anticipatory grief. And so knowing, not knowing what I will have to continue to give up in the future, in the next couple of months, or how long that this was going to last. Um, and I think for myself, I had a, or have, not sure yet, a wedding plan for the end of the year and still not sure where I stand with that or whether that's going to be able to happen. Um, and I think it's important to realize that grief doesn't only have to be in the moment, but you can anticipate and you can grieve about something that you anticipate might come, right? And that comes with this loss of normalcy that you were talking about. Um, and people right now are grappling with this loss of normalcy and at the same time feeling a greater loss of what is yet to come. And this type of grief can, can feel like a heavy sadness right? Mm -hmm. um, because there's this impending loss. There's a fear of what's going to happen. There might be an anger over the situation. Um, and then coupled with sheltering and distancing, there's a lot of loneliness that can come with that as well. What I'm personally also grieving is just my relationships. I am not mm -hmm. able to see my parents, right? We, mm. I do drive-bys their house. I'm not able to see my siblings. And it has been a difficult time, I think, for everyone uh, because you cannot see the people that you would have usually seen. For those um, who maybe knew some of our listeners, but Sam and I were both supposed to get married this year, mm. not to each other, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but get married this year. And, and I've had to call off my wedding um, mm -hmm. and now Zam is in that place where she doesn't know if hers is going to happen or not so it's been grieving these events that you were prepared for since the last year and coming face to face with the reality that this is not going to happen and you need to now go through the process again of planning and executing and looking forward to things which I think it takes away from it a little bit I'm no longer mm. looking forward to my wedding next year at this point at least it now feels like a chore right and there's so much uncertainty around it that will this even happen for us I totally totally mirror that planning the wedding was very exciting and now it just feels like should this even happen mm. so I totally mirror that and you no, know, Nikita, I'm struck by something that you said when we were talking about, you know, the physical part of things. Um, when you said that, you know, you sort of started exercising as a, and, and later came to realize that it was a coping mechanism and it was coming up for you as avoidant. And I think as we start to settle into this new normal, What's really important is to be able to understand the emotions that we're feeling and to be able to label that. And I think, you know, Nikita and I both tell our clients the very, very first step is that emotional awareness. Um, how would you suggest that clients notice their emotions? I think that's a really good question. And, you know, when clients ask me that question, I give them the metaphor of drinking your eight glasses of water. Mm. it's obviously well known that everyone needs to drink about eight glasses of water every single day to maintain certain level of hydration. 
Now, do you find yourself sitting at 11.30 at night chugging eight glasses of water to get your quota in for the day? Probably not. You sip on a glass here and there as you go throughout the day. So emotion awareness has to take the same approach. This is not a sitting with my pen in my journal at 11.30 at night trying to reflect on what I've been feeling. This is going to be more helpful if it's assimilated into my day and into my natural way of being in the world. And that could include just small check-ins with yourself throughout the day. Every time you get a glass of water, every mm-hmm. time you're, you're washing your hands or going to the bathroom, that could be a time to just check in with yourself and notice, okay, what am I, what am I feeling right now? Because in moments like that, you are free from distractions. You're free from mm. distractions on your laptop, on your cell phone, and you have stepped away from that work desk environment. So you're more likely to be more attuned to yourself. It could be even as simple as, what am I feeling right now? Do I feel tension anywhere? For those clients who, or for those listeners who would really like to take this a step further, I think it would be interesting to have an emotion wheel pulled up Mm. somewhere. I know a lot of my clients keep it on their fridge or keep it somewhere on their laptop, but it essentially is a wheel with all the different range of emotions. So sometimes when you're feeling something, but you're having a really hard time articulating what that is, it can be helpful to look at on the look at it on the emotion wheel and see what word stands out to you. There's so many different ways of practicing that emotion awareness piece. What do you think, Sam? I, I really love that metaphor of sipping water throughout the day. Um, I really, really like that. And I think the next step, once you're able to identify your emotions like that, is deciding what to do with them, right? What stuck out for me when I was thinking about grief and the idea that grief feels like it's out of control, right? You can't control what's happening to you um, and therefore you grieve. And what I was thinking is it might be beneficial to think about the opposite. Think about things that you can control. And that's where the power of the ritual comes into play. Um, Human beings are real ritualistic beings. We develop a ritual with everything. If it comes to marriage, death, commuting, um, cooking dinner, everything is ritualistic because it gives us a sense of comfort and calm and control and so in a place where it's not up to you everything is out of your hands what is important to realize that you can still plan for what can control um that's a little bit harder to harder done right and Mm -hmm. it's easier to say but if you can take a moment and just close your eyes And think about this idea of relinquishing the desire for certainty and control. So if you ever find yourself starting to spin into, you know, a web of negativity or panic, it's important to stop yourself, ground yourself in the moment. And grounding yourself can look like anything, like taking your socks off quickly and feeling the cold underneath your feet. It can be taking your palms and touching the window and feeling the cold there. Um, It can be making a cup of coffee and just taking 10 seconds to connect with the scent um, that the coffee is, is 
giving out. Um, it doesn't have to be a big grounding um, exercise that takes 15 to 20 minutes. And that will allow you to pause the negative spiral and give your quote unquote rational side of your brain to come back online. Those are some really great strategies. And if you are someone who practices guided meditations on a daily basis or would like to get started on that, we do have um, some that Zam and I recorded ourselves. We have a safe space visualization and a progressive muscle relaxation that are available as different episodes here on the podcast. So know that there, again, is no right way of grounding right? It could just mean mindfully eating your breakfast or connecting mm-hmm. with the smell of your coffee, connecting with the sensation um, of touching different objects in your desk area, or it could be an elaborate mindfulness meditation exercise, finding what fits for you and finding what fits for you on different days of the week. Not one thing is going to fit mm-hmm. indefinitely. Exactly. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, Nikita, Another thing that I wanted to bring up was I noticed, I found out something out about myself when this whole pandemic started, um, March 16th, (laughs) to be exact, is when we decided that we were going to stay home. I noticed that my natural inclination is towards optimism. Um, That's just, you know, it's not something that I actively tried to do or, you know, was working on. I just naturally lean towards optimism try to make the best out of being at home, try to be optimistic about the future. And because I was leaning that way, I noticed that when I talked to certain people who were not leaning that way and who were maybe more nervous or anxious about the pandemic um, or worried, I found those conversations more draining for me. And I noticed that I would maybe carry those anxieties with me until I could shake them off, even though I naturally lean into trying to think of things more optimistically. That's when I realized that the coronavirus is not the only thing that's contagious, right? Yeah, it's not the only thing that's contagious. I like that. It's the ideas and views of everyone around you that contained your coping as well. Definitely. You know, when you say that you're naturally inclined towards optimism, that that makes sense. And I definitely see that in how you interact with different things in your life. And I think a lot of us walked in with a certain sense of optimism. And this is different for people who live in a really troubled um, household and mm-hmm. it's traumatizing to be trapped with, with an abusive person. Absolutely. I know there's reports that uh, child abuse um, incidents have skyrocketed um, because these kids have no one to come and help them. These kids have no one to share their experiences with. So in that sense, I think people have had a hard time coping with this. But this is the same as sharing anything with someone. You want to share someone, share things with someone who's trusted, who is not going to, to bring you down, uh, mm-hmm. who is going to empathize with you but at the same time help you walk away feeling relieved not burdened mm-hmm. and I think what you're saying is that talking to certain people about the situation made you feel burdened exactly and I want to encourage our listeners recognize the people in your life who 
help you feel relieved Um, and turn to those people in this time who are thoughtful, who are level-headed and and ultimately good listeners. And then be a calming influence yourself (laughs) if you can. Uh, It is a scary time, definitely. And it's so much of, of what's happening is outside of our control and a lot of uncertainty and all that stuff. But I think it's important to maintain our own levels of calm and relaxation through all of this. And whether you are talking with your partner or your elderly parents who are more susceptible to this, it's important to maintain a sense of calm. You sometimes have to carry that for other people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And lastly, as, as we wrap today's episode up, we also want you do practice some kindness and compassion towards yourself by monitoring the changes in your mood. Again, I hope I don't sound like a broken record, but what I was saying in the beginning as well, your capacity, emotional capacity, physical capacity is going to be so different on any given day. And it's okay to be attuned to the changes in your mood. Sometimes you might feel like you're on this like emotional roller coaster. You're more irritable and sad and more anxious than usual. Just know that that is normal and you are having normal reactions to an abnormal situation and that it will pass. Absolutely. Be kind to yourself. If you're not able to bake that bread or (laughs) hop onto that Zoom um, workout or even make those virtual happy hours or do that Coursera um, course. If you're not able to do those things, go easy on yourself. Um, If you feel like you're experiencing more symptoms of depression or anxiety than usual, notice that you're not alone in your struggles. Um, Nikita and I are here as therapists telling you that we've had to implement these same ideas with ourselves as our moods have shifted. Yeah. And, you know, this might be a good time to reach out to a therapist in your community. I know almost all therapists are offering virtual appointments, including Sam and I, whether that's telephone or video appointments and, and take advantage of that somewhat extra time that you have on your hands if you wanted to dabble into therapy if you wanted to talk to someone now would be the right time to do that yeah and that's a great way of honoring what you're feeling and Nikita I want to add um I read this article and it was then corroborated by a client that I have And the article stated that there are some things that are positive that are coming out of this. Um, And one is, you know, we're all spending less money than, than we usually spend, right? Be it, you know, transit, be it eating out. And I have a client who noticed that and decided to use that extra money that they're saving to now finally engage in therapy. Um, And so, you know, there are things that are coming out of that that might be slipping under the radar. Um, And to recognize that, again, with a little bit of finesse and a little bit of help from your therapist and your friends, um, we will all stay strong and we will get through this. Yeah, I love that. Looking on the positive side of this. Yeah. 
next week we'll be back with something interesting how the pandemic is affecting your relationship maybe if you are in a romantic intimate relationship i think we'll also talk a little bit about familial relationships so that will be an interesting episode to film you know what it's really like to feel trapped with your partner and how that starts to shift how you feel towards them but do let us know how you're coping how you're doing really with this pandemic let us know on social media or email or here on this podcast you can leave audio notes as well we really want to hear from you about this stay safe everyone That brings us to the end of today's episode of Ask a Therapist. Thank you so much for spending time with us. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review down below. If you have any questions you'd like us to answer, please send us an email. The address is in the description box below and include podcast in the subject line. You can choose to remain anonymous. Thanks, everyone.